Hey, Kim here. Quick update before you dive into this episode. We've changed the name of our podcast to Rooted in Tomorrow. It's a nod to our shared history and the bright future of our cooperative system. So if you get later in the series to our 22nd episode, you'll notice the change. But most importantly, it won't affect you as a listener or a subscriber. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. We have a new concept in one of our rural school districts. They have uh, hot spots on all of their school buses. The students can do homework on the way home. At the end of the bus route, the buses are strategically parked throughout the district so that if the student needs to do their homework, maybe mom or dad, or maybe they could ride their bike to actually do their homework. That's how desperate we are for the broadband capability in certain parts of our rural areas. About the work that you do. What makes it meaningful? Is it the results? Or is it the process? Or is it the promise of something greater? Being a cooperative means we're in this together to build a sustainable future and feed human progress. This is Something Greater, a podcast by Lando Lakes Inc. I'm Kim Olson. Follow along with us as we bring you the stories and voices that impact our shared community. Disconnected. It's something that no one wants to be or feel. Disconnected can take many forms, but here we're talking about high-speed internet. More specifically, rural broadband. There's a gap in rural and urban areas between who has access and who doesn't. It's not just for scrolling through your social media feeds either. In some of the most rural pockets of the country, our farmers need to be connected to do their jobs, help their kids get homework done, and pay their bills. This is the daily life we're talking about. And as a farmer-owned co-op, we're not just sitting on the sidelines. Pat Luneman is one of our farmer owners in rural western Minnesota. Pat is part of a pilot project with us to help boost rural broadband for our farmers. Chakra Sankaraya is the Director of Technology and Innovation at Land Lakes. He's also working with Pat to solve bigger issues in connectivity for our members. Both Pat and Chakra are my guests today. Well, welcome, you guys. It's great to see both of you. We really appreciate you taking the time. It's good to be here. Great, great. I'd, I'd love to start by getting to know you a little bit. Um, Pat, you and I were just talking, and uh, you uh, have a hobby that we were discussing, a little a little karaoke, I understand. Oh, it's a little bit more than that. I've been singing with a, the Staples Area Men's Chorus for about 38 years. Oh, my goodness. And have you know, sang in church and have done uh, numerous solos for weddings and funerals over the years. Ah. Um, into the hundreds, it's kind of crazy, but I, I, I guess I'm the funeral singer or the wedding singer, d- depending on, on the day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. I know people appreciate that. So a microphone in front of you, it does not make you uncomfortable. Well, usually I'm loud enough I skip the microphone part unless I'm in a big auditorium. So that means you're tenor or bass? I'm a bass. Oh, very good. I expected. Well, tell me about, so maybe that's what you're doing with most of your time, but in your spare time, maybe farming? Well, in my spare time, I do farm. So my <laughs> wife, Jody and I, 
uh, have a third generation dairy farm in Todd County in Minnesota. And we have 850 dairy cows and farm about 1,600 acres. And uh, we're privileged to have had five sons and one daughter that were born and raised on the farm. And they're all adults now. Uh, So we succeeded in getting them grown up. Uh, My youngest son or our youngest son is still on the farm with us. Uh, He's 22. Any grandchildren? We have four grandchildren, three granddaughters and and uh, one grandson, the oldest uh, granddaughter, just started kindergarten this fall. Oh, amazing. All the feeling, but none of the responsibility, right? That is correct. It's <laughs> great to be a grandparent. Very good. Very good. Now, Chakra, I know you're not a grandparent. No, I just got a baby six months old. So I'm a I'm six month old. Oh, that's right. That's right. Pat and I have some advice. We'll, we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> I can use all the advice. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you do here at Land Lakes. So I work in the technology innovation team under mm-hmm. our um, uh, you know, technology group. And uh, one of the key things that we try to focus on is uh, build a innovation mindset and culture within mm-hmm. our technology group um, so that we have a mechanism for uh, you know, creative ideas to come from inception and become uh, impact our uh, co-op, right? So um, um, my background is I'm, I'm an electrical engineer. I have MBA from yeah. uh, Carlson School. Uh, and uh, I teach at uh, St. Thomas as an adjunct professor. And in your spare time, you have a six-month-old baby. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I used to have a schedule uh, where I used to wake up at a particular time and do things, but now it's all around him. You know, yeah. When he wants to wake up and he wants to do things. Yeah. Your schedule will go back to normal in about 20 years. <laughs> well, welcome. I, I appreciate you both being here. Um, we're here to talk a little bit about rural broadband and connectivity for our rural communities. And I know you both come at that uh, from different perspectives. I'd like to kind of start uh, with you, Pat, if I could. So you've been a farmer all your life, and I'm just kind of curious as to what you think the public perception of farming is and how that relates to um, just broadly modern technology. I don't think the general public realizes how much we've advanced in agriculture in in my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have hosted uh, breakfasts on the farm where we invite the general public to come to our farm and discover what we're doing. And we just had one this summer in June. Yeah. And the comment that I've received from people as I meet them on the street is, I can't believe all the really neat things that you're doing on your farm, the technology and where it is today versus when I was a kid and uh, I was on a farm. So the the public doesn't understand. If we look at my career, which spans about 40 years, we've doubled the yield in the fields, especially for corn. Yeah. And we're doing it with new technology, new genetics, but basically the inputs really haven't increased that much. We're just that much more efficient. And on the dairy cow side, it's the same. Uh, When I started uh, milking in 1977, 78, thereabouts, the average cow milked 12 to 13,000 pounds. Now Mm -hmm. our cows milk twice that. And we're doing it with pretty much the same amount of feed, but through genetics and um, modifying the diets of our cows, you know, yeah. working with our local cooperative and doing that, we've just 
changed so much and I think made it much more sustainable on our farms. And the general public yeah. just doesn't realize that. And healthier animals too, right? Healthier well, animals have more milk. Healthier animals have more milk. One of the biggest movements in the dairy industry the last few years has been in cow comfort. Yes. What can we do to make our cows more comfortable? And if a cow is happy and comfortable, they will produce more milk. Yep. I've seen that myself. So um, nearly 60% of rural adults said that access to high-speed internet was a major problem. And that's something that um, we've been talking about uh, a lot here at Land Lakes. And I was wondering, from your perspective, do you have personal experience with that? Um, you know, I, is it something that you're dealing with? Uh, do you see your neighbors dealing with it? You have such a long history and involvement in so many different areas. We wanted to get your perspective on that. There is a significant issue with uh, communication in our rural areas, and, and broadband is, is an area that we need to address. We really do. Just as we needed to electrify the countryside back in the 1940s, we need to connect the countryside in our rural areas today. Mm -hmm. uh, communication, the movement of data um, in our rural communities on our farms is something that we really need to move forward with. And it's not just about on the farms. It's our full community that, that needs that connectivity. Yeah. My children, when they come to visit the farm, there are four that live in the metro area. Yeah. They tell me that, Dad, it's time to leave now because you have bad internet. Really? And they're joking. Yeah. But yet they're serious. Yeah. Trying really to stay are. connected to their jobs and their activities, I imagine. The things that they do working from home, even though they live in the city, yeah. they could not necessarily do from where I live in Todd County. Really? Just because there isn't decent broadband capacity. Jeez. Yeah, we, uh, I think we take for granted how often um, technology plays into our lives, uh, particularly when you have terrific um, access, as we do in, uh, in a metro area. You know, think about how often you just look at your phone to do your job or watch your kids or um, facilitate uh, almost anything these days. Um, Right here, we're less than 10 miles from a major metro city. That's Minneapolis. Um, so connectivity is not a problem here. Um, but I guess my question and the question that we're grappling with a little bit is, how do you bridge the gap in not only connection but knowledge so that people understand how big of an issue this is? I would say that we need to make rural America, mm -hmm. places like where I live, uh, a place that our children want to move back to. And in order to do that, we need to have decent highways, decent communication systems, decent schools, mm -hmm. good housing. So I think those are the four pillars, and broadband is one of those four pillars, the communication part. Yeah. People don't necessarily talk to each other, but they certainly text and they email and yeah. And they tweet and do all of those types of things. But also the transfer of data is, is something that, that really is important today, but is going to become even more important in the future. In our businesses and on our farms, um, the data revolution, we're really at the cutting edge, especially in agriculture. And Land O'Lakes is, uh, is very involved in this. I'm, I'm proud of them doing that. 
we're on the edge of making some revolutionary changes uh, on our farms uh, through data analysis. And I've had the privilege of sitting in on some committees working with the University of Minnesota, uh, Department of Ag, uh, some other private individuals that we're, we're looking at analyzing data to figure out what true sustainability is Hmm. because we have perceptions on the farm and we have perceptions in the metro area about what true agricultural sustainability is right but we really don't know until we find out the facts and the truth and uh, this past year the minnesota legislature uh, passed a law and the governor signed it and it's a data privacy act And it's designed to protect the data that's coming from farms so that we can pull it all together. And we're talking about what's in the field, what's from satellites, what the farmers are reporting for yields, uh, financials, and pulling that all together to figure out true sustainability. Hmm, Interesting. And we're just on the edge of that and finding out what the truth is. And in order to do that, we can't have a bottleneck in our data collection and our data distribution. Right. It needs to all come together. Right. Like our Truterra product is out there. And um, if you can't have access to it, you can't use it. I mean, it's fundamental. Um, It's like kids being at schools needing to do their homework. And the way people are doing homework is through um, connection. And, you know, you've got your iPad or your computer. And I know our CEO, Beth Ford, talks about how uh, people in rural communities are are driving their kids to the late, you know, the nearest McDonald's or Dairy Queen just to give them access to do their homework. I mean, it's just crazy. So we have a new concept in in one of our rural school districts that's just yeah. uh, short of an hour north of me. Huh. They have uh, hot spots on all of their school buses. On the school bus. On the school bus, so the oh, the students can do homework on the way home, but huh. then at the end of the bus route, at the end of the day the buses are strategically parked throughout the district so that if the student needs to do their homework, maybe mom or dad, or maybe they could ride their bike down close to where the school bus bus is to actually do their homework. But that's how desperate we are for for the broadband capability in certain parts of our rural areas. Well, and that's such a great example because what we find is, um, in our experience with our farmer owners, is Farmers just get it done, right? So if we're having problems with rural broadband, we're going to put hotspots on buses and we're going to go go park. I mean, you know, that's what rural communities do. They just kind of figure it out and, you know, don't, don't mind us. We're going to take care of our stuff and get it done. And what we're trying to do at Land O'Lakes is um, bring attention to the shared destiny of the urban and rural communities. Um, and you know, gosh, less than 2% uh, of the population is involved in agriculture, and um, the world has a growing um, food security problem. So um, I I really appreciate the way you've kind of framed up um, the problem. Now, Chakra, I'm looking to you for the solutions. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about, uh, about what you're doing. Yeah, it's a it's not an easy problem to solve. Um, I think the primary challenge around that is if you look at um, you know size of our country, we are one of the top five biggest country in the world. 
Yeah. Right. But if you look at the population density, we are under 174 in rank, which means that we have very sparse population in rural areas. Mm-hmm. So if you think about uh, laying down fiber, which is what m- the most common solution is, yes. uh, you know, it will be very, very expensive because a mile of fiber to put that in, it will cost around twenty to forty thousand hmm. dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, in rural America, when you go to actually the mailboxes from there on, you need to take the connection to the house, which is also quite a bit of distance. So it's not just the main backbone where yeah. the fiber is running through, but also to the homes, right? Hmm. So what we try to do is we didn't try to kind of like try to have one size fit all. We looked at each scenarios and try to see if there are there, is, there are creative ways we can solve those uh, problems in those scenarios, right? So mm-hmm. so we came up with uh, four major techniques on how we can improve broadband connectivity. And we have around uh, seven different pilots that are going on under those techniques. Seven different pilots under four different categories. That's right. Okay. Can you tell me maybe uh, about each of them? Yeah, yeah. Now, (laughs) you've got to be careful with me because technology is not my forte. So (laughs) help me out. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain it. Um, So the first one is, um, you know, we get the fiber to some of the major locations. So think of it like our, um, you know, Lando Lakes uh, manufacturing facility, for example. Right. Or it could be a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, or it could be a retail location in the rural America. Mm-hmm. Right, so they get the fiber to that location, but now is there an option to really project those signals from those locations to the nearby area? Right, mm-hmm. in a range of five, ten, fifteen, twenty uh, miles. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so there are uh, techniques that are available from uh, different companies which actually can put in antennas, and they can leverage some of our um, you know grain elevators, or they can leverage some of our uh, silos really put on that antenna because those provide a good elevation from where on you can actually project the signals. Oh, so height of where you put that is important. That's right. right? And the reason for that is, um, you know, if you look at, um, you know, you can actually lay down the fiber underneath the ground or you can use uh, big uh, towers to really transmit the signals, right? Uh, now, putting those towers is one of the um, expensive part of the whole infrastructure. Yeah. We can take take out that cost by leveraging some of our grain elevators or uh, leveraging some of the silos that we mm-hmm. already have in rural America hmm. right, and project the signals from there. Interesting. So, so we are doing uh, three pilots on that front. In one pilot, we are actually, it's, a, it's in southern uh, Todd County. Okay. And we are working with uh, CHS. Uh, we are leveraging mm-hmm. some of their grain elevators. And we are working with a local uh, co-op which provides broadband connectivity called a CTC. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they are right now working through the equipment which can be put on the grain um, um, elevators to really project the signals. Okay. Uh, then we are working on one of our uh, Purina facility, which is our animal feed business manufacturing mm-hmm. facility, where we are trying to leverage the silo and uh, put um, uh, you know, antennas from CenturyLink to really project those signals. Interesting. So we've got a Purina facility. CenturyLink puts the um, essentially a kind of a hotspot on it. And then we figure out how to get it to the doorways. That's right. Right? We, in fact, uh, in, uh, in Kansas, we're working with Mid- Mid-Kansas uh, Co-op, where we're mm-hmm. actually partnering with uh, Verizon to really do a similar kind of stuff. Right, with Verizon. We, mm-hmm. Yep. So it is, it, I think you can see, even in this one uh, technical solution option, there are so many different players who come to solve the problem. Yeah, you know it is uh, you know co-ops which are providing broadband connectivity. It is our members, our our uh, uh, our retail facility, our manufacturing facility. We're talking about 
uh, established players like Verizon and CenturyLink, you know, all have to come together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we are also trying to make sure that we can uh, work with the government organizations, so both public and the private sector, bring them together sure. to really solve these problems. Because uh, financially, it is it is um, it's 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 not viable to really have private sector solve this by themselves. Right. And that's where we need a big partnership from um, you know government organizations to really support these initiatives. Yeah, certainly interesting. Um, so. Tell me, is um, the the one that Pat is kind of looking at doing, how, is that the one down in Todd County with the Purina facility? No. So, or is that a different one? Yeah, so the one that we are doing with um, uh, Pat is around how can we boost a cellular signal, right? So if you remember, I talked about the four major technical categories that we are working on. Mm-hmm. The first one is, um, you know, having the broadband uh, connectivity to a place and then a broadcast from it using mm-hmm. antennas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one that you're trying to work on is um, uh, called as uh, white space technology, which is basically... If you remember in the olden days, um, you know, when I was a kid in India, we had these antennas, which we used to really move around to really get the TV signals. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, picturing, yes, yeah, see, that was when um, my dad talks about being the remote control in the family because <laughs> his father would say, oh, get on over there and move the antenna. And when he would get it placed exactly right, he'd have to stand there for the best rest of the program. Right? That's it, right. It's the antenna so, piece. So yeah. uh, I have uh, three elder brothers, and, uh, you know, we used to have our antenna on, uh, like, a terrace, right? So yeah. one of my brothers will be there at the terrace. Yeah. I'll be there outside the house. And then one brother will be right next to the TV, right? So nice. uh, So he will be moving the antenna around there, and I'll be kind of, like, you know, coordinating with the brother who controls the TV, you know? Teamwork. And get that figured out. Yeah, especially for the for the games, you know? Yep, of course. Uh, uh, so we used to really work hard for that, you know? Yeah. So those same antennas, they actually use a particular spectrum to yeah. transmit signals right okay. and to capture signals now once uh, we start to move towards cable those uh, those spectrums are available now okay so certain companies like uh, like microsoft has bought those spectrums and they're leveraging those spectrums to really transmit uh, data signals hmm. okay so that initiative is called as airband and we are partnering them to really solve some of the broadband challenges uh, in certain parts of the um, uh, rural community okay so that's airband that's right uh, 25 Mbps, which is what we are targeting for. Okay. And then is there one more, uh, the satellite one? That's right. So that's that's a very promising uh, concept. Uh, this uh, uh, the, the fourth option is around uh, having uh, uh, LEO satellites, which is low Earth orbit satellites. Uh, what mm-hmm. it means is, you know, you, you try to create a constellation of satellites around our Earth, and they will, the one will be transmitting signals so that you can actually get broadband to every corner of the world, right? Huh. And this initiative was uh, launched by SpaceX, which is run by Elon Musk and uh, his bold ideas. And, and this idea if really materializes, it's going to be a game changer. Hmm. Um, right now, they have put in uh, 60 satellites in the orbit. Uh, uh, I think it started off in May, and they're planning to put 1,600 satellites overall. Oh, my word. So which means that, you know, they will cover the entire Earth with a mesh of satellites, which will provide Mm -hmm. broadband connectivity across the world. Interesting. And uh, we are working with them pretty closely right now to really see how we can be part of their um, uh, part of the solution. Um, uh, One of the approaches that we are thinking about is as they bring in this broadband connectivity, they need uh, people in rural America who can actually provide the subscription as an ISP provider. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, our retail locations are great uh, uh, candidate for that. Uh, well, mm-hmm. they can potentially uh, be that player who can uh, can provide that service to the rural community around. So our member owners who are co-ops 
would then be kind of the um, place where you would uh, get your internet service. Is that right? That's right. I mean, uh, not only that, but they will also be, you know, once they put in the constellation of satellites and Mm -hmm. have the signal available, you need to have somebody at the ground who's actually providing this ISP service. So there's oh, some instrumentation that is required. And mm-hmm. there's also some kind of uh, support model that is required to get their instrument to the particular um, grower, for example, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is um, ground level operation that is required along with this uh, satellite constellation. And that's where our retailers can play a big role mm-hmm. in pro- being that ISP provider for their communities. If you strip away all the data and the numbers, it's simply a quality of life issue. More than 100 hospitals have closed in rural areas since 2010, and almost 400 more are at risk of closing. You might have easy access to your doctor online, but many people living in rural America simply don't. Geography and lack of connectivity is a major barrier. Enhancing the workforce, boosting agriculture production, even impacting climate change and how ag tech is used on the farm. All of it goes back to simply being connected. So um, Land O'Lakes is not an internet company, and we talk a lot about um, connectivity and and rural broadband um, in the last year or so. Why why is that? And maybe, Pat, you can give it um, a little bit from the member perspective and check her from, um, from the Land O'Lakes perspective. Why, why would we care so much? Someone needs to take leadership, and maybe that someone is, is Land O'Lakes. Mm-hmm. And remember that Land O'Lakes is its member owners. Mm-hmm. So collectively, together, we can make some things happen. It may be something in our rural areas, and Land O'Lakes has a broad footprint across rural America, that Land O'Lakes can be the entity that takes the lead to show what uh, improving our connectivity can do for our rural communities. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really glad that they're willing to step forward and uh, make this effort to try to bring us to the next level mm-hmm. and hopefully to... to Make it, you know, as I said before, a place that, you know, our children want to move back to so that right. levels out the playing field between the urban and, and the rural. And there are just so many opportunities if we're better connected. Mm-hmm. Um, as I look at my farm and the, the data that we're working with every day. So yesterday we installed Fitbits for cows. Oh, so it, come on yes you so know i saw cow, that when we were on uh we there was a feature on 60 minutes and um i was out at a farm where they had the fitbits on the cows i, I had never seen that before what what does that do so exactly? every cow will have quote unquote a, a fitbit okay. an activity monitor nice which monitors you know the cows how much she walks when she's eating mm-hmm. and there are algorithms that are created so that there's a typical day for a cow. And if a cow is having an off day, it gets reported. Yeah. If a cow is about ready to calve, it huh. gets reported. If a Great. cow is looking for a mate, it gets reported. Yeah. And so this is data that, you know, just makes our job so much easier and, and it'll be more effective for the cows. But the point I'm trying to make here is that there are others in our operation who aren't on the farm every day that need to analyze that data. 
We oh, have right. my assistant manager lives 42 miles away. Oh, she geez. does remote access from her computer to our computer at the dairy mm-hmm. when she's able. Sometimes, you know, with our internet issues, that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But she would be one of our team that could help uh, analyze what's going on and probably send back reports to the employees on site on what we need to do. Wow. We have other consultants that can analyze the data. And not only for just what's going on in the barn, but also rumination, how the cows are eating. Rations will be tweaked by the data that's created from our cows. Um, Because we'll know that the cows, well, they're a little off this week. Well, something needs to be changed in the diet. But we'll need other people off of our farm to help us with that process. So that's why we really need to be connected. Chuck, what do you what do you think as a uh, Land O'Lakes uh, employee? Yeah, yeah. You know, if when I talk to somebody around this topic, and it could be my friend who's living in um, you know cities or you know colleagues or um, you know other companies, you know people uh, do understand that uh, broadband connectivity is a challenge because of, as I said, the size of the country and the sparsity of population in rural America. When we started to look at this problem, the first thing that we tried to do was really understand how severe this problem is, both from the aspect of um, you know which areas are really affected, but also in terms of how it really affects our members and their communities, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know if you look at um, you know 30% of the rural America still doesn't have broadband connectivity, which is around 19 million people, right? right. That's a huge number. Uh, that's the size of entire New York population, New York City population, right? Which is uh, yeah. Which say is that again. It's the size of the entire New York population. <laughs> that's right. right. Wow, Nineteen that's million people. I mean, uh, yeah. and uh, when you talk about the impact of um, broadband, it is um, it, it is it has a domino effect on the community, right? So, mm-hmm. as uh, Pat mentioned, you know, education. You know, uh, we have seen numbers and research which talks about even if we spend ten hours more on uh, internet and understanding uh, content from there, your uh, chances of getting a graduate degree goes up 14%. And the list goes on and on. I mean, mm-hmm. even the broadband itself, I mean, people think about, hey, you are not able to watch Netflix, but it is not that. I mean, there is yes. a lot more broader Although that would be bad. Problem. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Let's <right>. be honest. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, I mean, one of the things we tried to do was we wanted to show these by numbers and facts and say how yeah. severe this problem is so that we can get the attention of the right people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And once we have that, then we can actually, um, uh, you know, leverage our network of members to really bring the solutions to them. Yeah. Right. And that's how, um, you know, uh, we ran into, uh, you know, Pat, you know, in our analysis, you know, we looked at the entire Minnesota and we saw that Todd County is really suffering in terms of broadband connectivity. Right. And yeah. then we looked at all our members in that area. And we, in fact, also had a survey done by our members to really say, what are they experiencing? Because a lot of data points that are available in the, um, in the public domain mm-hmm. around Internet connectivity, those are not accurate. You know, because either they yeah. are outdated or they were measured in a different way. So you right? surveyed our members specifically. That's right. Mm-hmm. So once we identified the areas where there is a low broadband connectivity, mm-hmm. we actually went in and asked our members to really test that connection and give us the numbers. And that's how we came to know that, you know, uh, Pat's house, you know, I think. It's, uh, <laughs> Pat's rolling his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the farm with a bad Internet. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not the only one. That's for uh, that's for sure. That's what we've found. And, sure. and I will say that we're fortunate. We're at least at some minimal, minimal capability. 
Whereas my neighbors that are uh, a couple miles further from the telephone uh, facilities really have very limited capability or, as Chakra said, no capability at all of, of getting broadband. What should our members know about the work that we're doing? Um, as as we record these podcasts, we often talk about um, what would be beneficial um, for our members specifically as they're thinking about uh, what should I do and what, what am I hearing that would be helpful to me? Is there any words of advice you guys have there? I would say that people need to speak up and mm-hmm. and. Tell Land O'Lakes, tell your elected representatives mm-hmm. how big of an issue this is for you and your for, for your community. Um, if we don't speak up, as we all know, the squeaky wheel might get the grease. That's mm-hmm. not always the case, but at yeah, least there's a sometimes. chance. Yeah. And if we speak up and then work together to fix the issue, hopefully we'll come to a solution in the future. Mm-hmm. But we will all have to work together to make this happen. Well, we like to uh, end our podcast by asking our guests, what does the phrase something greater mean to you? So I will pose that question now. Who wants to go first? As I look at my farm and where it was when I started farming and where it is today, I'm pretty proud of the fact that it's something greater than what it was. It's far more productive. I think we're much more sustainable than we used to be. And it's something that I'm proud of. I'm proud to have raised my family there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have a great family that we raised there. Yeah. And it's part of a, a greater effort for our rural community as well. Yeah. I, I want to be an asset for our local community. And so if that's something greater, then I feel really good about that. And I'm proud to be a farmer. Um, so working for such a company and, and uh, you know, given the position we are in, we have um, um, huge responsibility as well as a huge opportunity. And I think that is something that I think is much greater than, um, uh, you know, our, us individuals, right? How we can all contribute towards a much more greater cause of pushing agriculture to its next level. Yeah, huge responsibility and huge opportunity. I think we'll leave it there. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Land O'Lakes Something Greater podcast is delivered monthly via our Member Connections newsletter or on our website. Just go to landolakesinc.com, then click on Members at the top right. We're also available wherever you find your podcasts.